You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. This is Pastor Marty and Tommy D. And we are here today with our post-sermon podcast. We just finished up week number four. This series is flying. It has been. It's been It's been fun for me uh, talking about these things. And it's always a challenge uh, to know how we should live in the world, but not be of the world. Of the world, yep. And be different in a way that... Is attractive. Right. Yeah. Not weird. I mean, weird in a good way, but not weird in a a weird way. Well, I lo- one of the things I like that you've reiterated every single week during this is how we interact with outsiders with the end goal that they become insiders. Yeah. Like, That's what we want. Absolutely. We want outsiders to become insiders. And a lot of reasons that people who are on the outside don't want to become insiders is because... They don't see anything different. Well, they don't see anything different or they don't see anything that's attractive because yeah. they got it all figured out and they don't have to be Christian. Or again, a bunch of Christians walking around like they just sucked on some lemons. Right? I know a few there of those. Should, there should be something different about us. I've probably been us. that one at times. Me too. Maybe even a little bit today, to be honest with you. One of, one of those days. <laughs> it's one of those days. Oh, man. So, yeah, so this past week we just uh, dove into, uh, you know, I titled the message Work Ethic, but it became more than that as I started studying the actual text that I was preaching from, and, and it, it expanded a little bit beyond that. Um, but the, the whole chapter, chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul just is saying, hey, as Christians, you're to be set apart. You are to be different. And he lays out some things that are, you know, evidence of that. And the very first one right off the bat. Well, in verse three, this, you and I were talking, I love when people ask us, you know, what is God's will? Mm -hmm. It says right there in the print, this is God's will for you, your sanctification, which, right, that reiterates charity's mission statement. We want people to go from outsiders to insiders, know God know Christ, but then grow in their relationship, sanctification. Right. And the number one thing he gives is to abstain from sexual immorality, which hmm. when you talk about looking different from the rest of the world, yeah, that's a good starting point. It's a great starting point, And it's almost like he starts out with the very thing that he knows is going to trip us up the most. That's right. Um, you know, it's just sexual immorality is not a lot different in the Christian world these days, and it is outside of the Christian world. And uh, that that ought not be the case. Amen. You know, it's just the number of people that think it's okay to live a sexually immoral life um, is just, it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Well, and the justification behind it. Too. Yeah. I mean, we have so many conversations with people, and I think that one from the outsider well, they don't see anything wrong with sexual immorality. Right. Right. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. But for the Christian and the justification, I think is what Paul talks about all the time. They justify it because of God's grace. Right. Yeah. But we shouldn't abuse that grace. Exactly. I mean, to me, we think about what he did for us on the cross. That should be a great motivator to walk wise. Sure. So I was reading, I'm, I'm reading through some of the Old Testament passages in my morning devotions and I'm reading the priestly garments right now. And the one that I was on today was there were specific things that the priest was supposed to wear. The high priest was supposed to wear 
certain undergarments. And the devotion I was reading was because the pagan religious ones, the pra- the pagan priests, so to speak, they practiced uh, their religion fully naked. Oh gosh! <laughs> I know. And so the that'd be early retirement for me. <laughs> <laughs> so these the 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 qualifications or the 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 guidelines were that you wear an undergarment that covers you. Uh, from your waist down to your mid thigh, and so I'm like, but why do you have to lay that out? Well, the notes were on it that you know all these pagan priests were practicing priesthood naked, and so oh, you know, it, so the world has its standard or no standard or very little standards when it comes to immorality. But Paul is saying right out of the bat, right off the bat, if you want to know what the will of God is, start right here. Amen. Live a sanctified, set apart, holy life that is free or free of sexual immorality. Yeah, and I love that 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 we each of us knows how to control his own body. Mm-hmm. None of us are going to be exempt from temptations or anything else, but but to know how to control your body. Yeah. And he says in holiness and you you made this crystal clear which literally means to be set apart. Yeah. Like because we are his workmanship mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of Good works. Yep. So we've set apart. I saw a, a meme on Facebook just this past week. You probably saw it, and it was a picture of women, four women, I think, four or five on the beach in the, I think maybe the forties or fifties. And it said, "Who would have thought that the bathing suits from the fifties would be the homecoming dresses of today?" Hmm. Basically, just talking about, you know. Bathing suits were revealing, period, but they were a whole lot more modest back then. Yeah. But if you take that and then call it a dress, that's pretty revealing. And <laughs> yeah. man, how much we've slid as a culture. <laughs> it is a slippery slope. Indeed. Second thing Paul deals with in this passage uh, was brotherly love. He says he's called us to love love one another with a Christ-like love. And uh, hey, you know, we're human. That's not always easy to do, right? It's not. But... I, th- I think that's one of the things that I've seen change the most in me over the years in sanctification is the way I view people. Mm-hmm. Like as, instead of immediately casting judgment on somebody, I think, man, if not by God's grace, so goes absolutely, I, yeah, or, or however that saying goes. But I, I think about that all the time. Yeah, and um, instead of throwing rocks, mm-hmm. what can we do to come alongside of them and and love them? Yeah, and, and I have people that'll come to me and they'll go, "Listen, I want to tell you something." about me that is probably going to make you dislike me. And I'm, first of all, I'll go, nothing surprises me anymore about people. I've done this long enough. How, just question. I'm just curious. How long in the ministry did you stop being surprised? Oh, gosh. It didn't take long. It didn't did take it? long yeah. at all because you start to figure out that everybody's just as jacked We're up as I broken. am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're all broken. That's right. And, and uh, so, yeah, it didn't take long at all for that to come to reality. And you just love people in spite of their flaws. And that's mm-hmm. what Christ-like love is. You know, we, we, we're we a family. We work through things. We love one another with a Christ-like love. And he just said, I just urge you, don't stop doing this and just do it more and more. 
Just get better at it. Amen. And the longer you get to know people, the more practice you get That's at it, right? A, that is a fact. <laughs> people a say, fact. you know, are you ever thinking about leaving charity? And I'm like, no, why would I do that? Start, people are the same everywhere. Yeah, and start all over. Yeah. I mean, With these people, of- I know them, they know me. That's right. right? They That's know right. you. Yep. Why would we go somewhere else and start over again and try to convince people to like us in spite of our flaws? Because, hey, that's one thing I love about charity. They they know me and they keep showing up every week to listen to me. Amen. <laughs> Let me, in starting point, I, I alluded to this when I was talking to you the other day, which is our charity university class I'm leading. We didn't even do the intended curriculum. It just, we talked about your message and the amount of transparency that, unfolded in that class is what you just said. Like there was no, um, nobody being shocked. There was nobody casting stones. You could almost see like healing taking place in front Mm -hmm. of you as people were being real. Other people's eyes were open to, wow, I have the same kind of issues. This beautiful dialogue. And that is an example of loving one another. It it was just a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. If you only love people when they're likable, Mm -hmm. we're not exhibiting First Corinthians 13 love, Amen. you know, first Corinthians 13 love is the kind of love that knows the worst about somebody and loves them anyway, which is what Christ does for us. That's right. He knows the worst about us. Then we go into these three admonitions that Paul gave. First uh, Thessalonians 411, he says, and to aspire to live quietly. Started reading into that and I started studying that out and I was like, wow, this is this is just, there's a lot of meat there. And uh, I kind of summarized it with just live a drama-free life. That got an amazing response from the crowd. That <laughs> Did was, it ever. That was some serious amen and going on. <laughs> they were very, very, uh, they were they were in tuned and, all well, Sunday morning. It's because every single person sitting in that auditorium knows how much uh, more peaceful and restful life is. When it's drama free. Right. And, but here's the thing, and, and, and I didn't talk about this, but if you've ever noticed, what kind of TV shows have the highest ratings? Drama filled, probably. Well, do you think about it? You know, and I don't watch this show, The Bachelor, oh. The Bachelorette, these real life um, reality shows, and they, they, they thrive in drama. And it's almost like we've tuned into it so much yep. that we think it's normal. And it's not. I mean, it it's not. It's really, it's really not. Nobody likes that kind of lifestyle. I'm going to throw a suggestion out to you. Do it. This same time tomorrow. Watch the, watch the Bachelor. No, no. <laughs> Marty P. and Tommy D. have a podcast on our thoughts on The Bachelor. <laughs> I think we could stay in this First Thessalonians and go back to the beginning about yeah. abstaining from the sexual immorality. immorality. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I think that whole show is built around that. Man. Uh, from what little bit I've seen. I've never, I don't think I've ever watched a f- complete uh, season. Show, uh, well, <laughs> not we, season. This, we show. tried, Lee and I tried, I guess when it first came out real quick, um, <laughs> to watch maybe season one or whatever. And I said, man, these people are setting themselves up for disaster. She said, what do you mean? I said, can you imagine if every date we ever went on was in some exotic place and then we come back to reality and I take you to Hardy's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's going to be quite the letdown. Y'all went, to ta- y'all went to Hardy's? We went to Taco Bell. Man. That was ours. And we split a Mexican pizza. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> You know, Paul is just saying, as Christians who are living a life toward outsiders that would make an outsider want to become an insider, let's just start by living a quiet life. 
Just aspire to live a quiet life. And you know what I've figured out? That to live a drama-free life, sometimes you just have to overlook things. Amen. And don't make a big deal over everything. And that's just what some people do. Amen. <laughs> I'm channeling the charity crowd right now. And all of us get guilty. You know, we all get into that. And it's just like, after a while you go, okay, just stop. Just well, stop it. Well, part of the way we do that, you know, Paul is a brilliant writer because the very next thing he said, what you said is, don't meddle in other people's business. <laughs> right. Great way mind, to leave a- Mind your own business. That's it. You want a drama-free life? Mind your own beeswax. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. Me either. I don't know where that came from. And so when I started, I've heard it before, but when when I started even reading that, you know, verse 11, the second part, and to mind your own affairs. I mean, he literally is talking about pay attention to your own business and stay out of other people's business, even if they make their business your business. Amen. Ignore their business. Yep. Because it's not your business. One of my favorite things that we've said over the years Lee and I both is just let God be your defender. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I love how you broke that down in two ways. Mind your own affairs, right? Stay out of people's business. But then you also said, mind your affairs. Yeah. Take like, care of your stuff. Take care of your stuff. Be yeah. responsible. Yeah. Um, I know you joked in the service. You, you made it a joke, even though you and I both know it's reality about uh, police, pastors, and uh, painters. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in the lending business, if I had a pastor on the books who was not keeping his end of the deal, I would call him out. Yeah. Be like, do you understand how bad this looks? Yeah. Right? It looks terrible. Read Proverbs and it tells us how to handle our money and mm -hmm. you're doing the exact opposite. Like, right. We have a responsibility, not just you and me, but Christ followers. Yeah. Take care of our affairs. And I think it even goes beyond that. I mean, financially, you would want to, but also don't be that person in the neighborhood mm. whose grass always needs to be cut. You know what I'm saying? I do. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I know you, <laughs> you sometimes you'll hear say, I got to go cut my grass. I'm not, I'm just saying, don't be the guy in the neighborhood or the, you know, the, the house in the neighborhood that everybody looks at it and go, why in the world is their car still jacked up? Right. And it's on cinder blocks and right. they don't take care of their house. You know, just be a respect, a respectable neighbor mm -hmm. as well. The and person you, in the neighborhood. And that you don't have to dump a whole lot of money in your yard to have a clean yard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying the house we moved into 14 years ago, uh, the people that built the house back in China, back in the day, China Grove used to have the yard of the month. And these people, literally, we were told, had the yard of the month almost every month oh, no. because there were flower beds everywhere and they planted it so that every time, every part of the year, there was some color in the yard. So they knew when everything would bloom and they have them planted all over the place. Well, I will promise you this, that yard no longer qualifies as yard of the month. Okay. Um, I do get to get my yard cut and we did away with every flower bed just about that we could, um, but there's still something to be said about tending to your stuff absolutely, and, and, and taking care of your business, whether it be your finances, whether it be, uh, you know, upkeeping your yard and your house so that it's not that house in the neighborhood that everybody drives by and goes, that's an eyesore. Um, anything else that you can think of that would be just a matter of minding your business, taking care of stuff. I think it's even in the way that you present yourself, like 
and the way you dress, mm. you know, and I'm not saying you go out and spend a lot of money. You can, you can put together an outfit that matches at Walmart. Yeah. But it looked like you gave some thought to it. Right. Does and I've always sense? told my, my son, guys don't wear outfits. Oh no. But you only raise daughters. So I'm giving you a, I'm <laughs> giving you, you a pass on that, that one. <laughs> but what if my daughter said, no, we wear clothes. Dad is the one that wears outfits. <laughs> But no, I agree with you. I think just, you know, put on deodorant, yep. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's right. Uh, keep yourself, Brush your teeth. Yeah, exactly. Comb your hair. My daughter would say floss your teeth also, yes. you know, she's a hygienist. Uh, but yeah, those kinds of things just, they make a difference. They do. They, it makes us presentable. And, and, you know, you go back to that, what you were talking about earlier with the whole swimsuit and all that. Right. Also, don't. Put your business on display for no, everybody else bro, either. Seriously. This is something I actually, man, I care about deeply. You and I go to the gym every day. It blows my mind sometimes what people wear to the gym. If you saw one of your daughters walking out of the house wearing what some of these people wear, you would grab them and tell them to go put some clothes on. I know you would, <laughs> just like I would. Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, so mind your business. And, and they're probably telling us right now in their mind, mind your own business. I'm trying. It's my business what I wear. That's you know? what I'm trying to do. That's, we're trying to just we're trying to you, lift weights. Yeah, that's that's our that's our <laughs> job is to 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 uh, as pastors we want to encourage you to that's do what the right we're doing. thing. We're encouraging. Yeah, well, this is encouraging talk. And then the final thing with these last few minutes we have is just work hard. Did your dad teach you how to work Bro, hard? I love listening to you talk about your dad as yeah. a welder because I'm very blessed as well. Having a dad that modeled amazing work ethic, um, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. It a does. A whole lot. Oh, and yeah. One of the things I used to always challenge my employees with, <clears throat> here's the deal. And, and you said this. I think all of us can become really good at looking busy mm-hmm. and fooling people. But nobody knows the effort you put in more than you. That's right. And so one of the things I try to challenge people and myself, uh, because I don't always get it right, but at the end of the day, did I give charity what charity pays me right. for today? Yeah. And if I didn't, well, I need to make right on that tomorrow. Yeah. And if I did, say it, that a boy, and let's do it again tomorrow. But- I loved that quote that I read uh, by Andrew Carnegie. Not the one that had boob in it that right? y'all jumped all over. That's an old quote. That's an old word, that's I guess, that A.W. Tozer brought up. But but Andrew Carnegie said the average person puts in only 25% of his energy and ability into his work. Yep. The world takes off its hat to for somebody 50. who gives 50% and stands on its head for somebody who does 100%. You were asking about my dad. One of the <laughs> things that... that one of his biggest pet peeves is when he hears somebody say, I'm going to give 110%. He says, no, you're not. You, <laughs> you don't even get anywhere close to 100%. Right, exactly. And now you're talking about 110. Where that even come from? Exactly. <laughs> you're fooling yourself. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's uh, a, and, and, and having good work ethic, you know, it just, it speaks volumes to the world. The, to the ones that are what we were talking about, the outsiders mm-hmm. who we want to become insiders, they ought to see good work ethic. They ought to want to hire us as their employees. And I don't think just working hard. I think in the way in which you work, like, do you do it with joy? I love yeah. what you were talking about. Men were created to work. Yeah. 
we were created to work. And so actually feeling, you know, having a sense of accomplishment when you mm. go to work that you're not doing it because you have to, you're doing it because, man, you have a yeah. a privilege that you get to do this. Yeah. And you know what I love? I love, we, we have our food pantry and we, you know, give away a lot of food. Sure. But there are some men that come through that line and when they receive that food, they're very grateful. And we've had some of them that when they're able and if they're able, mm -hmm. they come and serve because it's amazing. they understand that we're not created. If we're able, able-bodied people, except, you know, we fall on hard times. Sure. People do. But we're able-bodied people. And if we're able-bodied people, you know what we ought to be doing? Working. Working for our food. That's right. And they'll be willing to step in there. And I love seeing that. It we, is such a great story. We've seen people uh, come back and volunteer as workers. We've yeah. also seen people who have used that as a bridge. They got on their feet. They got employed. They started uh, building that foundation. And we've had people come back and donate money, checks, to help bless the ministry and say, thank you yeah. for being there for me. When I needed you, That's so good. I wasn't going to stay there. What is it? Dave Ramsey says broke is a state of mind or no, poor, poor is a state, a state of, mind. of mind. Broke is somewhere you're just passing through. Yeah, you're just passing through yeah. that. And there's a way, you know, there is a good place to grow and go when you're broke. To work. To work. <laughs> I love that you said that. There's plenty of places to work. Amen. Hey, you may not be making $25, $30 an hour, but my goodness, go make something. That's right. Go make something. And, uh, you know, I can get on that soapbox so easily. Um, but in summary, if you want to walk properly toward outsiders, live a drama-free life, mind your own business, and work hard. It's good stuff. And I'm thinking about making a t-shirt. And says I bet I can make things. a lot of money Absolutely. that just says that. Hey, mind your own business, live a drama-free life, mind your own business, and work hard. And you'll get amens all the time. All the time. The People would buy those shirts. Hey, I might come up with those. You want to tease this week? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to talk this week. Uh, we're finishing up this series, as a matter of fact. And this week, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, talking about how we just, in general, live above reproach. What does that mean? toward the outsiders and what does that mean for us as followers of Jesus. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you all for listening. 